Tree Talking Time is brought to you by Conkeys Outdoors. Get all your hound hunting needs at Conkeys.com. Welcome to Tree Talking Time, where we talk all things tree dogs. From the smallest fights to the largest hounds, drink squirrels to bears and everything in between. And from time to time, we might even run a little fast game. Welcome back to another episode of Tree Talking Time. Just wanted to hop on here real quick and say that we're just over a week away from Autumn Oaks 2023. So if you're going to be there, make sure to come find me. Be somewhere outside in a, t- in a white tent. Um, not exactly sure where yet, but I know I have some giveaways from my sponsors. Uh, we're going to have some Tree Talking Time hats, shirts, and stickers available. So make sure to come by the booth and uh, introduce yourself and say hello. And now on to Blues Singing Hounds with Chris and Aaron Dove. How about this? How about we talk about the first time I went bear hunting with you? And that was in Hampshire County, yeah. with Donnie? No, no. Hardy. No. Well, no, it okay. Oh, Donnie. I keep... Th- well, I th- the first day wasn't with Donnie. The first day wasn't. Oh. We hunted with that older guy that was trying to buy Kate. Yeah. And we ran into that whole group of guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember who all it was, but... Um, I don't even know. I don't even know any of them, like... I've never run into anything, and I think you only knew like one or two of them, right? Yeah, no, I only knew a few of them. Probably shouldn't mention names, yeah. especially <laughs> some especially of those stories. The story. Yeah, um, what was it like? Twenty-five dogs on the ground. Oh yeah. Well, that's when we went to all them like slick trees. Yeah, yeah I was going in slick trees. <laughs> a lot of, I think there was a lot of white dogs there, wasn't it? <laughs> I think white, it was a mix. Red. There was a mix of things. It was red, white, hey, and blue. Hey, but you can say the blue dogs that were there. They weren't really contributing to the. It's not even like the, you had a whole lot of blue dogs though. You had an English dog, a leopard, um, a couple of young English or young blue dogs. Yeah. yeah, at that time I would have had Django. No. Um, well, maybe well, not. He, he I was, may not have had him with me then, like on the hunt, but I I had him then. No, you didn't. He was born right after that. She oh, was so this is before. See, you got a, my memory. So <laughs> you don't realize she, like how much was, I hunt. So like me to put all these time frames together. She and, was either bred or you bred her right after. Okay. Because I remember that litter was born like right after I met you. So we came back. Yeah. We were in Mississippi. Yeah, we you, came back came from back Mississippi. For Christmas and then, vacation. Yeah. So I end up taking... Um, your dog kept it up at the house. Yeah. Yep. And I didn't even know you. Then. No. Remember? So I was like, Aaron met we you. We met you at a gas station. I hand you my dog. Yeah. And you just disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> See and you in like, the morning. Yep. Hope, hope, uh, hope he shows back up tomorrow with my yeah. dog. But, uh, yeah. So I remember took him hunting or, well, I'm still, I see that record button now. So now I'm trying not to think about that and everything else. <laughs> but, uh. Now I'm trying to put it together. That was a long time ago. Yeah, like um, you didn't have Timber yet. Um, no. Cannon and uh, Rage were like six or eight months, yep. six months old. Because we coon hunted that night too. Okay, yeah. And you had Rage. We coon hunted Rage and a young blue dog, a male dog. It was your dog. Honcho. Yes. Okay. Uchman. That yeah. Uchman bred dog. Yep. And okay. they were like neither one of them. I want to say like they were like six and eight months. Like they were both young. Yeah. Well, I'll go ahead and tell you this. When you want to bring anything out of the memory bank and get it correct, (laughs) you probably should talk to her. Okay. So there's going to be times where she's going to have to correct me (laughs) because I've just fooled with so many dogs and so many hunts and, you know, everything else that sometimes it's hard for me to remember which one was which and get everything exactly right well there for a long time i actually knew everything in your kennel and the last probably two years I'm like yeah I'm, I'm clueless out there well i know i know the, I know the you know the, the regular lineup but uh yeah all the well the new players well that's what you know we decided to go you know not exactly a different route but we decided we wanted to to really figure out and narrow down what we had in our kennel and what mm-hmm. we were going to take from there and so you show up at my house you know, I would say in the next two to three years you show up, you should be seeing a lot of consistent dogs because I yeah. think we've really got it narrowed down to what mm-hmm. we like and what's what's really performing and, and doing what we need them to do. But, uh, yeah, to go back 
to some of those hunts we've had back in the day, <laughs> man, you're gonna help. You're gonna have to help me remember them. I mean, you're just gonna have well, to. See, like, I don't get to hunt down here that often, so those hunts stand out in my mind because it's like I'm only down here once or twice a year, yeah. if that. So, yeah, I you know on a, a on an average week with good weather, you know, I'm out there you know, anywhere from three to five days or mm-hmm. nights, you know, so like I just do it so much <laughs> that, you know, for me to remember each and every dog, each and every person, each and every, you know, path I cross, you know, cause I, I run into people out while I'm out there, you know, mm-hmm. dogs get in with someone else or what have oh, you. Yeah. And, you know, and sometimes, they, you know, I'm reminded of things all the time, like, okay, that rings a bell. Yes. <laughs> I, I do. I do think I was there for that. So, <laughs> well, well, going back to that first, my first bear hunt with you guys, uh, like I said, so the next day we hunted with Donnie. Yep. And that's when I was able to kill my bear. And, uh, after we had, we had some trash races first and. Oh, you're going to have the, well, especially with what I had, I just come <laughs> back from, well, still in Mississippi. So I brought, you know, dogs that I was running on coon down there, yeah. come back and I tried to, you know, try to get back into the bear game or at least try to stay in it, mm-hmm. you know, so I'd be gone for, you know, all year and I would take a week in December and try yep. to come back and visit. And, you know, I, uh, some of my family soon realized my, my priorities when, you know, <laughs> I'd come back for a week and I spent nearly the entire week bear hunting. But, uh, but yeah, so you tell the story. I mean, you, you're going to remember it a lot better than I am. Oh, like I said, I, I remember we had Bradley's, we had an English dog from Bradley, which I didn't even know him at that point. Um, had Gemma. Mm-hmm. She was like your only older blue tick. Yep. And we had a c- couple of young dogs. Yeah, Slater. We had Slater. Leopard had, Hound. Yep. And then I had mine, my dog Gunner, my Leopard Gunner. Mm-hmm. And then. I think Donnie had Britt. Britt and Luther. Britt. Yeah, that Luther. sounds about right. I don't yeah. know that we had much more than that. That was it. Yep. Like I said, that Kate dog, she never showed up at the tree. Yeah. <laughs> we, we took her up there, but <laughs> on the mountain with us. And when we walked that ridge. Yep. Well, they, um, and they went down to the left running something. Probably a fox is kind of what it looked like on the Garmin. Yeah. And then we come back up over and we, you guys went down through the laurel and then me and Donnie went out the top. And that's when Britt jumped that bear yep. off the, right off the, the edge of the top. Yeah. I think she jumped it right out of the bed. Oh yeah. Uh, and it was, it was right in a nest and she, yep. I mean, once she hit it, you could tell she was moving it. Mm-hmm. So that's when I sent, which I was a few hundred yards below you. Yeah. So I sent them right into it and what it, I think it went 800 yards. Something like that, eight or nine hundred yards. Yep. Yeah, yep. Treed and and uh, I don't know, you lucky son of a gun. What was it? Three hundred <laughs> yards up above the road. Yeah, it was like a straight shot down yep. the road. <laughs> Just a yep, a, a straight drag right to the road. So see, mm. we have this thing, you know, where when we take someone hunting with us for the first time, I call it beginner's luck. Yeah, I know. And it tends to happen. And then I paid for it. <laughs> I didn't the see first another, time. Well, and then I, after I didn't that see a bear so, for like four more years after that so what uh what, yeah got suckered into it's yeah. what happened but uh yeah no that that generally happens and it's crazy that we see that so mm-hmm. often that just just like you know just my you know good friend i was telling you about from yeah. new mexico took him hunting and uh you know rigged a track dogs ran it over treated 15 yards off the road you yeah. know he was like holy crap man you know <laughs> it, it probably happens yeah. like this all the time for you well quite the contrary yeah. it does not and uh, I said, no, that for whatever reason, if you're new, <laughs> they just want to show off for you. They yeah. just lure you in, and then, then it's not the same from there on exactly. out. You're going to work for it. I got, like I said, I, I got suckered in pretty hard because it made it really tempting to come back. And I've, other than, well, last year I didn't make it down here, but I made it down to Virginia. So every other year besides last year, I've been down here though. Yep. So well, and uh, I mean, either early season or late season, one of the one of the two. Yep. Well, you know, you're welcome. Come down anytime you want. Uh, you know, you it, say that, but that's about to change. Uh, I, well, <laughs> no, I, I mean, it's about to change a little bit. <laughs> We're just going to have to do a little bit uh, a different time management. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I sure hope that it's not going to change my life you know, completely, but <laughs> I think it's going to change my life in a, in a very good way. So, yeah. well, why don't you guys introduce yourselves and then we'll kind of explain what we're talking about. Cause that's very confusing <laughs> for the listeners who don't know you guys. Well, um, my name's Aaron Dove. I'm Chris Dove. 
and she forgot doctor in front of that. She is Dr. Aaron Dove. Yep. Um, well, according to Donnie, she's not a quote-unquote real doctor. Just an animal doctor. Just an, Just animal, an animal doctor. doctor. <laughs> That's all right. Well, it didn't take him long to realize when she looked at him, and I don't know that she really gave him an expression, but she looked at him in a way that he realized that he screwed up. He said, <laughs> That's not what I meant. I, 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 you're you're not a human doctor, but you're you're. You, so he he's been he's been reminded of that ever since, and that's been four or five years ago. Yeah, it's just a long-standing joke now. Oh yeah. It's What's fun funny to is pick on him. you've been mentioned on this podcast multiple times because I, I think it's hilarious that here you are a bear hunter and you you go marry a vet. And I'm like, yeah, my buddy, well, he made out. He yeah, he did the smart thing. He went and married a vet. Well, so you see in college, um, you know, I did some extensive interviews, you know, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I did put her th- through the ringer. I, 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 I definitely put her to the test. And, uh, That's well, for sure. I, I've heard some stories. Oh, yeah, there's, there's some <laughs> stories. But uh, without a doubt, she passed with flying colors, and uh, I don't think I could do what I'm doing without her. There's no. There's, there's not a, there's not a way. I don't think, um, you know, she, she picks up every, every loose end and, and then some, mm-hmm. and, uh, I mean, throughout the, from the puppy stage to the finish stage, she's yeah. right there doing it all. Definitely. But the reason things are going to change is you guys are expecting your newest dog handler. Yep. So, uh, yep. So we're six weeks out. Six weeks out, uh, you know, we got a little girl on the way, so uh, pretty excited. I tell you what, uh, I don't know that I could be any more excited. You know, I've, I've been pretty excited some of the crosses I've made over the years and looking forward to some of the puppies coming out. And, and of course, with those, you know, you have an option of picking and choosing. But, uh, you know, this one here, I, I'm even more excited and I don't even get a choice, you know. Uh, it's going to be a girl and, you know, we're going to love her and, and yep. appreciate her and, put a dog leash in her hand as soon as I can. I can promise you that. No, I'm excited because I think it'll be fun. You know, our kids will be fairly close in age. So especially in five or 10 years and, you know, they'll be running around. Yep. Hunting. Well, um, you know, some of our close, your daughter will be walking circles around my kids (laughs) because we're we're flatlanders. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. Well, um, so it's pretty neat right now. Um, she's actually been to a a bear den and actually a few bear trees already. So, you know, Aaron, she's made it to a few until she, you know, the past few several weeks, she's like, I don't know if I can really, uh, you know, pull them mountains and climb over them rocks and down trees like I used to. But, um, you know, one of our friends actually gave us uh, one of those baby packs, you okay. know, so or, or you know, yep. I don't know, baby pack, child pack, but, mm-hmm. uh, no, you know, sure. where you can either carry the baby on the front, switch around to the back. Mm-hmm. So I guarantee you the moment I get to use that, she's <laughs> going to be making her way through the woods. Yeah. So looking forward to it. Definitely. But you guys have uh, you guys breed blue ticks and I, I would say some really nice blue ticks and and not the stereotypical stand on their head slow big i mean you do have some big dogs but they're athletic big dogs yeah you know they're not oh yeah they're, they're very well built well big game blue yeah ticks. so they're not your stereotypical you know boohooer you know yeah. hit a track you know and you know uh, let's say they're running a cold track they're boohooing on it for you know hours and hours whereas they're just not able to move a track well mm-hmm. i don't think we have that i no. think we have dogs that you know from the ground up are put together and they got something between their ears to where, you know, when they hit a track, they're able to hold their head low if they need to, but they can also pick their head up and run with it. Yeah. So, and, and end up having the game at the end of the track. Yeah. No, and I've seen that. Like, I've seen your dogs outrun or at least keep and or keep up with a lot of dogs that, you know, would be stereotypical. People would be like, oh, that, you know, my, you know, these, these walkers, that, you know, even, you know, running dogs yeah. crosses that people swear are so fast and it's like, Django, your big male is keeping up with them. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, and, and don't get me wrong. There's dogs out there that, that can certainly outrun them. But uh, I think if you have a dog that's, you know, put together from, you know, the pad on its feet to the, you know, to the top of its head and the tip of its tail, I don't know. You can you can take a big dog and still put them in the woods and, and expect them to perform because, mm-hmm. you know, Django, for example, you know, he is uh, 85 pounds. I mean, you look at him, you know, put him on a scale, you know, he's 85 pounds. To look at him, you might not quite think it just because he's so muscled up and ready yeah. to rock. But, um, 
Yeah, you put him on the ground, and it's always fun. I'm not I'm not real big on going to, you know, some of these, um, you know, bear hound events, you know, coon hound yeah. events to where, you know, like the competition side of things, yeah. let's say. And then uh, – but it's it's also fun, and we do it. You mm-hmm. know, we do involve ourselves in it and the people we meet and everything. It's, it's, uh, it's a genuine thing, and we love to go do it. But we like to take our dogs – that we, you know, we, we solely bear hunt them. We start them on coon yep. and, and we always transition them over to bear. It's inevitable. We, we I just can't help myself, you know? Um, so I, I've heard you tell, uh, tell me a couple of times, man, I'm going to have this dog. It'll be a coon dog. And yeah, then sure enough, I, I just, I can't help it. Like, I'm going bear hunting. I just want to go see what they're going to do. So I, I throw them in the truck and, yep. uh, you know, we go for it. But, uh, but yeah, so I take Django and it's always fun because, uh, yeah, I'll put him in a dash race or a field trial or what have you. And, you know, people look at him it's like, hey, you know, we, yeah. we got this. And then next thing you know, 85 pound dogs kicking, you know, dirt grass in their face, you know, yep. their other dog's face. And they look at me. I had a plot guy look at me. He said, he said, man, he said, that dog is way too fast to be moving that fast or <laughs> way too big to be moving that fast. Yeah. And uh, I said, yeah, I said, he can, he can get on down the, he get on down the line. Yeah. And I think part of it is when we set out to breed, probably, I don't know, I guess five, six years ago, we made an, a plan that we wanted to take hunting stock dogs and build on their confirmation mm-hmm. for dogs that could hold up and hunt day in and day out. So yeah. I think that's, we've selected for that, but without taking away the hunt and driving them. Yeah. So yeah. you can get that full package and mm-hmm. get dogs that can keep up, go all day. Yeah, I, Without a doubt, we've made... You know, a huge, I'm not going to say transition, but we've made steps ahead. Yeah. And and it's nice to see that we're making more steps ahead than we are backwards. Mm-hmm. And uh, to be able to take hunting stock and not say we want to, you know, specifically have show stock, but be able to have dogs that, you know, can perform in the woods at the same time that if you want to put on a bench or a confirmation show, they're built well, they're two breed standards and they can, you know, perform all the way around is our ultimate goal. But to be able to mesh all that together, Mm -hmm. takes some discipline. Oh yeah. Takes, you know, it takes time for the most part. Um, Takes some, you know, just takes some education. It takes, you know, you know, reaching out, talking to people and, you know, not thinking what you have in your yard is the best thing that there is and understanding that someone else out there has something better than you do. And, you know, if you need to reach out and grab it, you, you need to do that. And I will say you're not afraid to try something from somebody. And I've seen it burn you guys more than yeah. more than not. Like you try these d- different crosses, you know, out crosses and it's like, it just does not work out for you guys. And, and I just kind of chuckle. I'm like, why do you keep trying this? Like, yeah. And it's because you're looking for something that's maybe better out there. And I think it's just kind of funny because it's like you guys have some pretty good stuff. And uh, yeah. it's- I, it, for what you do, and I, I think, you know, like Aaron's a very good judge in confirmation. And she's taught me a lot. Heck, when I remember when I had that my first litter puppies, I'm like, you know, sending her pictures and she's like, that one's built the best. And sure enough, it's the one I kept and I be done pretty well for me. So, well, and, and, and that's the thing too, you know, we, we have tried dogs from other people, you know, and we've gotten puppies, tried dogs and, you know, somehow we, we've always came back to what we've had, you mm-hmm. know, because, you know, not because what we have, we think is that much better. It's just that we sought out years ago to have what we have. And somehow they just became, a type of dog that we can live with. And yeah. I think that's key. I think if you can have, you know, any dog, if you, if you got a kennel of eight, 10, 12, I don't care how many kennels you have out there. Mm-hmm. If you can fill every one of them with a dog that you can live with, that looks good, acts good, sounds good, hunts good, you know, and then you can still take and put in a confirmation show and a bench. show. Yeah. and don't mean you have to go out there and win autumn Oaks, but you know, be able to compete to where people yeah. are looking at your dog saying, Hey, that's a nice dog yeah. that, that, you know, that, that represents the breed. Well, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm satisfied with that. And yeah. we've taken, you know, what we had that many years ago and we've built on it and seems like consistently they, they're, we're, we're, you know, they're getting better and better. Yeah. Well, I would say, what you guys have built on is is mainly one dog slash one cross. Right? Yeah. Would you say that's correct? Buddy yep. and then the buddy Bristol cross. Yep. Yeah, I would say um, that buddy cross. Um, getting buddy 
was, uh, you know, that was an ultimate, you know, just life-changing an event. Mm-hmm. Um, it just worked out to where, you know, how many years ago, I, I think it was 2000, 2008, I believe is when I got him. Okay. And, uh, you know, the guy that had him, you know, was a plot guy and he had the, you know, had him, uh, he was the only blue tick he had and he was going to, uh, to the upper peninsula and okay. buying some, you know, some big time plots and he just wanted to move him and make yeah. room. So he actually offered him, you know, to our mutual friend Bradley. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he actually said, I've, I've got, you know, plenty of dogs in my house. He said, let me ask Chris. He asked me and I said, I, well, I'm, you know, I don't know, maybe I, maybe I have room, you know? And uh, I said, well, let me check. And he said, well, do you remember that dog you led into a tree several weeks ago? And I said, yeah, yeah, I remember him. And he said, you, you cut him, you know, we got like 600 yards. He was 11 months old at the time. He, we were like 600 yards out. And I cut him from the, you know, from the woods, from mm-hmm. the lead. And we got there and he was hammered down tree. And, uh, you know, I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember him, you know. And uh, he said, well, that's the dog. And I said, ah, I really liked what I seen of him. Didn't get yeah. to see much. And I was young, too. And uh, as young and dumb as I was, <laughs> I made the best choice of saying yes and taking that dog home with me. Yeah. Um, so I took him home. Um, and uh, Bradley told me, he said, well, I'm, I'm going to tell you, you know, he was uh, he was started in North Carolina in a hog pen. He said he was started in, on hogs and they brought him up here and put him, you know, put him on bear. And uh, he said, that's really all he knows. He hadn't been really broke off anything else. He said, I'm pretty sure he'll run deer. I said, well, shoot. Um, what do I do about that? Because I don't, <laughs> I don't have a shot and collar. I don't have a track and collar. So in 2008, what were you, like 16, 17? Uh, yeah, I was 17. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, you know, I coon hunted all my life, um, you know, started going with my uncle, you know, which is an absolute mentor of mine. Um, you know, absolute, just a great person in my life and got me started into the hounds. And unfortunately, you know, he's worked hard his whole life and got older and got out of it, you yeah. know, and his, uh, his best dogs end up passing away. And he just said he was old enough to, he wasn't going to get back into it, but he sure did. He, he lit the fire in me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm telling you, lit my, you know, my soul on fire with the hound dogs. And, um, so got buddy and, uh, Bradley said, well, he said, I got this old, I think it was, a." uh tritronics 500 or something like that and uh he said well let's let's go out and see if we can break him so went out in his backfield and uh sure enough there was a group of deer we dropped him everywhere down there yeah every time i go to his house there's like eight deer in the road they stand there yep they're they're everywhere so (laughs) we it it was it was easy you know yep we went out we cut him loose sure enough he opened up left out of there well we uh you know we changed his mind and brought him back and uh we didn't go very far seen another group of deer same thing put him on the ground let him go he went out a few hundred yards we we changed his mind turned him around brought him back went and put him on a third group of deer he got down went over took a peek come back and loaded back on the truck i said well we'll see how this goes so uh you know i took him from that literally took him home started mm-hmm. putting him on coon took him to a farm that was loaded with coon that son of a gun started treeing coon i mean he'd never seen coon yeah and uh started treeing coon and uh you know i'd walk by you know there were several trees i'd walk by and see a possum sitting in a tree and you know he'd he'd pass it on up and go tree a coon without nice. even being broke and uh you know from that day on it kind of blew my mind that he never ran what I consider off game mm-hmm. again. He never trashed, you know, he never ran deer, possum, coyote, anything like that. If I uh, loaded him up by himself or one or two other dogs and hit the farmland, he tree coon. If I put that, that dog in the back of a truck and went up on the mountain, you know, to go rig a bear, he'd only rig and run a bear. And the the amount of coon and bear that dog was on each and every year mm-hmm. would, would blow your mind. Yeah. So that's what really really grabbed my attention he set the bar high he set the bar high and you know there's a lot of good dogs out there i don't care what color they are i've seen a lot of good ones Mm -hmm. and uh he just happened to be blue you know so he really grabbed my attention and he he told me you know that that that's what i wanted to to go for and ever since then you know i've dabbled in a few other breeds just to kind of see what was out there and you know see if anything really suited my fancy and there wasn't anything that did and 
from there on, um, you know, I've kind of just bred off of that and, and mm-hmm. tried to keep that going. But uh, what was he, uh, Anderson, he's a Anderson Blue Jake and a, what, a River's Edge pudding yeah. bread, bread dog. Um, and then uh, an <clears throat> older feller in, in Virginia had a litter mate sister named Jenny. Okay. Yep. So he ended up having a litter mate and got to hunt with her all the time. And I'm telling you, for two representatives of that cross, yeah. um, and that bloodline and that breed, like you just couldn't couldn't ask for better performers. I'm mm-hmm. talking from, you know, when I say from the ground up, they were just put together right and put them on the ground, and they were going to perform and usually outperform. Yeah. But uh, no, I can definitely go back to you know to to Aaron and and what we do and and how I couldn't do things without her from you know the very puppy stages and the puppy development and you know just overall health you know her being a vet <laughs> oh my gosh it sure uh, it sure uh, it's just it, it's not that it really saves the pocketbook but it, it really saves the you know the humility the you know everything that goes with it of trying to raise puppies and you know yeah. having the option of doing things right and doing the things wrong mm-hmm. we get to do things right yeah you know and i don't know that i'd always been able to do that or made the proper and correct choices you know raising a puppy from the ground up without her oh, yeah. and then when you know you know we started putting dogs on the ground you know started watching a move and started putting dogs on the bench you know it was her that was like this is what you need to be looking for mm-hmm. you know when a dog stands up there you square it up you know how does it stand naturally you know because you can put a dog on a bench and kind of tweak it and make it stand how you want to win a bench show if you need to but uh you know to be able to look at a dog and how they naturally gate how they naturally you know just perform overall i don't i don't know that i could have done that without her so she can elaborate on that because i think that's key i think yeah. you know if you got a dog that is put together properly and i i feel like if you have a a big game dog especially you know running in the terrain and uh you know the landscape that we do if you have a, a big game dog that runs as hard as they do as often as they do and they don't break down and fall apart i feel like you naturally can select for good confirmation you know yeah. good feet good things like that mm-hmm. but um i feel like aaron really should elaborate on it because it's you know that's very important and it's a, it's a good topic to you know to really key off because without the very foundation of a dog, you really don't have much. But, mm-hmm. you know, the way I see it, if you got, you know, if you got good confirmation, you've got heart and drive, you can have a good hound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess when I evaluate them, usually six to eight weeks is when I'm starting to look at their confirmation pretty hard. I think that's, in my experience, what they end up looking like when they're older, okay. about that age. I'm looking at their their front shoulder angle, their rear angle. You know, I don't want a straight shoulder dog. They're going to break down in the front. If you don't have much rear angle, you don't have a lot of drive getting up over the mountain. Feet are big here because we have a lot of rocks. If you've got a flat-footed dog, I mean, they're just not going to make it very far before their foot's sore. And, I mean, we look at those things, straight legs and nice top line make sure we don't have any sway backs or anything like that. But I think, you know, that's the key really when it comes down to performance. You obviously have to take into account your breed and what they look like and their type too. But Mm -hmm. for us, we kind of start at the confirmation, you know, how is it going to affect their running ability? And then always want to have that full package where we've got a nice houndy head and good ear set and everything there. But yeah you kind of have to pick your important parts too when you're yeah. when you're hunting yeah. dogs yeah you pick the important parts first and then you know once you establish that. on that then you can build on it mm-hmm. and then then you know you can really start getting picky and you know and and pick your type you know if yeah. you want you know certain patterns if you want lighter tick more tick more mm-hmm. black splotches or you know and you know for us um of course we're not really prejudiced as far as you know what a blue tick is as long as they look act and sound like a blue tick and overall perform like a blue tick but we do have small blue blue ticks and we have tan trim so Mm -hmm. you know for us it really doesn't make a difference which we have in our kennel you know as long as they represent their breed well yeah you know so there's you know there's always that 
Conkeys Outdoors is proud to be a sponsor of Tree Talking Time. Family, hunting, tradition is the Conkeys motto. They understand the importance of passing down the tradition of hound hunting. They are a family-owned business that treats you like family. They also understand the importance of having the gear you need when you need it. Conkeys carries everything for your next hunt, and it ships to your door quick. They also offer great warranties on all tracking systems and financing options. Check them out at conkeys.com. You can also use the code TREETALKINGTIME5 in all caps to save as well. I know I've learned a lot from Aaron, like I said, uh, with the confirmation stuff. And just seeing you guys have had a lot of dogs come through here that for some reason, like, didn't hold up or wasn't built right. And you've kind of pointed that out to me because, like, and especially for coon hunting, it's like, it just, you don't see those dogs fall apart like you do here. And so, and it and also just doesn't seem to matter as much because, especially where I live, um, terrain-wise, it you know, we're not putting as much strain on a dog that like you guys are and so I mean well sometimes I mean we've had 15 mile races and mm-hmm. running I mean he runs pretty much the whole month of December so you're looking at probably 25 days straight oh. and it's, it's rare for them to take I mean they'll take a day off every now and then when they need yeah. one but I mean Django I think maybe two or three days the whole yeah. month of December. And so. and he's the eighty five pound dog. Yep. You know, he's just you know, he's put together the way he is and they, and that, that truly helps. I'm telling mm-hmm. you, it makes all the difference and you know, just like she said, like um it was it was roughly this time last year. Uh, I think it was a little earlier. It was uh, might have been the end of May, um, early June, end up having a fifteen mile race and it wasn't really um really warm but it wasn't really cool either um i do remember one thing the river was cold (laughs) but uh they they made a 15 mile race and kept a bear tree for six hours until i could get there um had a split race had another dog had a bear tree went got it gathered up two puppies that fell behind and by the time i got to them where i turned them loose to where they were would blow your mind mm-hmm. it didn't even make sense for them to be that far but uh they they were treed had to bear had to swim the river that was a little sketchy <laughs> um you know that that was uh that was one for the books uh that was the one i picked up a six-pack on the way home um but uh yeah for to you know to have dogs that that can do that and like i said there's all kinds of dogs out there you know mm-hmm. different breeds different from all you know different colors all have four legs and a tail you know or yeah. or a stub tail whatever whatever suits your <laughs> fancy but um you know yeah, for, for all you cur dog guys that's that's him <laughs> popping shots off at, at fossil over here my little bobtailed leopard dog yeah, yeah. but uh no it, it really it just really comes down to you know when you walk out and and you gotta live you know and 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 work with those dogs 365 days a year Mm -hmm. you know there's no off you know yeah and that's one thing that kind of sets hound hunting apart from a lot of other things like you don't you don't have the option of just you know you know put it up for a month or two you know it's every day you're cleaning out kennels you're you know feeding water and you're you're evaluating each and every dog you know as far as Body especially, condition, especially and, with the the amount of dogs you have out here. Yeah, yeah. How many are, how many are there now? Uh, so there's there's a well um, nine adults. So n- nine adults, including a year old and a seven month old, and then six puppies. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we're crazy in a way, but also I think it's a very good chance or choice. <laughs> but uh, we're keeping five of those six puppies. I think like uh, it was probably two years ago. Aaron's like. We're trying to get down to 10, no more than 10. <laughs> yeah. And I think you did for a little, for a little while. Uh, we, we always, we always get there short term, you know. <laughs> and it, then it's, he's like, well, I think I'll just keep four off of this litter. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I mean, this, so what we have in the yard now, um, the six puppies that we currently have out here are two different crosses. One yeah. was a plan cross, you know, for us that we made in house. And then one was actually, uh, you know, a cross that was made, it was actually made in New Mexico. And mm-hmm. then we had the female shipped up, um, primarily, 
Um, just because, uh, you know, Miss Professional uh, yeah. Veterinarian over here, um, just because she, uh, you know, she has a lot of knowledge. Um, mm-hmm. She studied a lot of repro, and, and she's currently, you know, doing a lot on her own um, with the clinic. Her and uh, one of the technicians actually sold out, uh, you know, reproduction, actually, yeah. you know, collecting, um, freezing, storing semen and yeah. all that and all the AI um, even she can elaborate on that if you need to. Well, I think you, you know, you said that female got brought up here for that reason. It sounds like it was a good, re- a good thing she did. Well, it was a very good thing. Um, you know, a, a really, really nice hound, um, a little bit older. So she was seven years old. So actually tried to make a cross, um, years prior with frozen semen, had a false pregnancy, um, live breeder um, the time before last to the same sire that mm-hmm. uh, we have this last time. And uh, she had all the symptoms of being pregnant. You know, she uh, filled out, showed milk, you know, the whole nine yards. And then uh, next thing you know, nothing happened. And, um, you know, um, he actually took her to a local vet. And, you know, they said, well, she must have just... Uh, you know, absorb the puppies or what have you. And, yeah. and, uh, so, you know, he's like, man, this isn't going to happen. I don't know what to do. And I said, well, if there's any way I can help count, you know, count us in. Cause mm-hmm. you know, that's something that uh, we're interested in. And it's, uh, certainly a, a bit of a, you know, a, a different line of dogs, you know, yeah. within the blue tick breed that, you know, we wouldn't mind taking on and having a few at our house. And, uh, he, uh, he actually wanted a shipper up here, and uh, for me to breed her, you know, to one of my males. And uh, I said, well, listen, I can certainly do that. But if at all possible, you really need to breed her to the male you have at your house because those dogs line up well, just that line of dogs. You okay. know, I think, um, you know, to reproduce what you have there and uh, and send some of it here, I think I, <laughs> I personally, and I know you, you know, he would too, um, would like to have that. So he did. And uh, so shipped her up she had a full pregnancy was you know due you know in labor and was struggling and uh so i got home from work and you know aaron you know she was at work and i i messaged her and i said listen she is she's struggling she mm-hmm. should be having her puppies and um well she ended up you know um giving me some doctor advice so i ended up giving her a you know an injection of oxytocin and then waited approximately you know 30 40 minutes and end up giving her another dose and uh um she still wasn't giving birth and aaron she actually she she said bring her in asap we have to do an emergency c-section so um shipped her you know put her in the truck took her in and it was man it it was something else because every technician in there they they kind of dropped what they were doing we got got nice. the, the the female up on the table you know got her got her taken care of got her opened up and mm-hmm. uh we pulled seven puppies out and everybody had a puppy in their hand reviving them cleaning them you know just getting them going compressing them getting their their heart you know the heart pumping getting their lungs working and for me i mean i've always you know i grew up on the farm i've done that with calves yeah. you know you know i've seen goat births you know seen all that stuff and what not but uh to see that with hounds was something different it was it was a little more special i think you Mm -hmm. know because i think i'm a little more attached to these hounds than i am (laughs) you know some of the livestock i've raised in the past but uh yeah to to be able to do that and see that was something else and uh you know to have aaron there you know because Mm -hmm. she was giving me that advice she was telling me what i needed to do when i needed to do it and i i knew the gentleman and and uh New Mexico, he, you know, he felt the same way. He just didn't have that guidance. He didn't have someone with that knowledge to be able to say, listen, this is what we need to do. This is how we need to do it. And, uh, she was able to do that. So, you know, that was pretty special. And, uh, you know, that wasn't supposed to happen. Yeah. It did finally. (laughs) It was a, it was a litter that wasn't supposed to happen. And that female was the last female, the last of her breed. Or the last of her bloodline. Okay. Yep, the last of her bloodline. She was the very last one. And, uh, you know, for that to happen was pretty special. And yeah. we actually, uh, you know, one of the uh, the males ended up, he was just, I don't know if he was in the wound, you know, too long and, mm-hmm. you know, whatnot. But he came out extremely weak. And, uh, you know, he didn't make it. So we ended up getting six out of that litter. And uh, we actually decided just to split the litter. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, it was no, a it lot out. of work in the litter. We had Mama didn't make <clears throat> a lot of milk, so there were supplemental bottle feedings involved. <laughs> and well, it started with tube feeding. Yeah, you know? it was tube Jeez. feeding, and then bottle feeding, and then you know just supplementing the yeah. rest of the litter. You know, it was a it was a lot of work and. You know, uh, they're 13 weeks old now, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, time will tell if it was all worth it. But I sure feel like it was yeah. um, to be able to look out in my yard, you know, in my kennels and see them out there. I feel pretty lucky to have them, to be honest with you. Definitely. Well, why don't we get into some more stories? I, I want to hear the story of that bear that you guys treed recently on the fence post. Okay. I think it's a cool picture, so. Well, yeah, it was a it was a pretty good one. So, um, well, we actually had uh, a few friends that actually rigged along with us. So we were rigging. We rigged up along the river, and um, we, you know, I don't know. I I think we rigged probably a good fifteen miles, and uh, so we got up around there, and you know, some friends that we knew but really haven't hunted with, and uh, so they didn't really know my dogs, mm-hmm. um, which is it's always entertaining, and uh, so. My dog's rigged, and I said, I got a track here. I said, I'm going to put them down if you guys want to put your dogs with them. And uh, so uh, I put my dogs down. They left out of there. I'm talking wide open. I'm t- when I say box shaker, it was a box shaker. And uh, so when I dropped the tailgate, I wasn't trying to feed one in, get it started. I was sending them all. Yeah. And uh, so we, we sent them on out through there, and they got their dogs out. They had three dogs. Two of them went. One of them didn't. And the one that came back, they, they kind of was questioning things. They're like, hey, this dog, it, it didn't go. Like, what's going on? I said, hey, I'm not sure. My best deer dog struck, and I packed him up. <laughs> well, apparently I was, you know, I, I wasn't deliberate, you know, to make them put their dog back in the truck. But I was apparently pretty serious, and I didn't mean to. And Erin well, looked at me. She was even when you joke around, you, you don't come yeah. off as joking most <laughs> yeah. of the time. Yeah. So so Erin, she uh, she looked at me. He's like, I can't believe you just said that. Well, I just <laughs> walked around the truck laughing, closed my you know tailgate and whatnot. And they look at, up at me, and I'm still smiling. They're like, Are "You being serious?" I said, "No, <laughs> they'll have that tre- they'll have that thing treed here soon." And I think they went a good I don't know a good 800 yards and treed. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we got around there, and um, luckily that was one of those that we ended up getting in pretty close to. And uh, it was up, yeah, yep, yep, 50 nice. yards. Um, and it was super super thick in there. And then them dogs had a thing bait. Um, it was almost like an old fence post. They had it about yeah. six feet up off the ground. It was just up. I don't even know how it kept its balance on there. Yeah. So it was the dogs, of course, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're up on the post, you know, they're kind of jumping up at it and whatnot. And he's, you know, he's trying to, you know, give them some grief and teach them respect. And he's swatting at them and he's, he's keeping his balance the entire time. And, yeah. you know, at one point, uh, of course I, you know, I didn't, but I, I could have petted him, you know, <laughs> I was right there. He was right, right there in my face. And of course we, we just went ahead. And a lot of times, you know, I, I, here recently i've just gotten to where i don't really like to to leash up dogs you know leading from a tree you know uh, especially aaron you know being pregnant and everything and i told her so we're just gonna make sure that you know we can put a good handle on these dogs which we have over the years but i really started pushing it even on the youngest dogs now Mm -hmm. but uh that was one where i was like we better take leash (laughs) you know so we leashed him up and uh, no more than we got him leashed up he piled off that post and took off so it was a pretty neat deal. It was uh, it was it was actually a, a good frame bear, um, you know, a good size bear. But it was one of those, you know, we talked about earlier yeah. um, before we started recording. But uh, it was one that had a little mange on it. Yeah, you know, I was kind of kind of sorry to see. You know, luckily we don't see it a lot. Yeah. Yet, but uh, we we're we're seeing it more often than what we were say five years ago. Yeah. But. Uh, yeah, I'm telling you, to fulfill our lives with, uh, you know, anything else, you know, all these, uh, all these other folks, they've got all, you know, everything else that uh, they do to keep themselves occupied and entertained. <laughs> I don't know. You could take my helms from me, and I, I just don't know that I could do anything else and be more satisfied. Yeah. I don't think I could be as satisfied. But uh, to have a, 
a new baby girl on the way, I'm telling you, that gets that gets me excited, gets me pumped. Uh, you know, not only that I got to, you know, I, I've trained the wife, you know, I'm still <laughs> training the dogs, but I get to train, you know, get to train, our, you know, a little, little, little bear hunter to be. Yep. So it's, uh, man, good stuff. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things I wanted to talk about is that I actually mentioned to you a couple of weeks ago um, on the Daryl Fry podcast uh, because he was a government hunter and did that for his entire career pretty much. And I mentioned you. Um, and that that's basically what you do. I mean, you don't get to go chase lions and, yep. and bears with your dogs, but yep. you still have a pretty cool job that yep. Yep. So, much kind of explain what that looks like here, you know. Okay. Well, unfortunately, we don't have, you know, the situations where I can – really utilize my hounds Mm -hmm. you know but uh so i do work for usda aphis wildlife services yep you know so essentially we just mitigate you know strategies and management plans just to allow you know humans and wildlife to coexist so Mm -hmm. you know you're always you know with all these new developments and all you know our you know, our very own population expanding the way it is, you know, they're moving into wildlife zones, you know, wildlife habitat. And uh, so, you know, moving into wildlife habitat, you know, they're pushing wildlife out and Mm -hmm. they're trying to live with the ones, you know, that, Mm -hmm. uh, that reside there as well. So I, it's a very broad spectrum of what I do. And that's an entirely different podcast on its own. Oh yeah, I know. But, um, but I just wanted you to kind of mention it. Cause like I said, I, I did, probably did a very poor job of explaining. I'm like, I know you trap some beavers like under culverts, and <laughs> I, you know, I know airports sometimes like the birds and yep. stuff can be a problem on them, and you sure. kind of try to mitigate that stuff. But like other than that, I don't really don't. <laughs> you know, you fly over and drop your rabies yep. baits and stuff. You know, just little bits and pieces that I do know you do. Yep. So we do. Um, you know, so we work with uh, you know the National Rabies Management Program. You know, so we're um, consistently throughout the year um, utilizing roadkill, collecting brain stems to test for rabies. You know, and then we actually you know areas that you know we have a spike you know in in rabies, and then uh, we'll go in you know and and bait you know. So we have a few different types of rabies baits and a few different applications as far as you know putting them on the landscape. Um, you know, one, we'll start with our fixed wings, you know, we'll start in our King Air airplanes and then usually start, you know, in Maine, actually, um, be starting next month. Mm -hmm. And then it's essentially all the way down the East coast, you know, and then we'll cover all those huge rural zones, you know, with the, with the King Airs. And then, you know, once we get into a little bit of the tighter areas, you know, your more urban areas, we'll actually go out with a helicopter because we can kind of fly over and kind of really cover our grids Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and put those baits where they need to be and then you know and then um you know different areas where we're actually in town you know you get behind a government truck you know say you know august to september you're gonna be like hey i don't know what them them uh uh oh uh I lost my train of thought there. Them government people are doing, <laughs> but uh, you know those government, you know government employees are riding around in their pickup trucks, just chucking stuff out the window. So we do get calls, you know, every once yeah. in a while. Of course, we, you know, we go ahead and put it in, you know, different headlines, different, you know, yeah. just uh, newspapers, Facebook posts, you know, what we can to kind of provide information to the public. So kind of, you know, just eliminate some of them phone calls. But yeah. uh, so for you coon hunters. You're welcome. So we uh, we target uh, essentially any um, any you know mammal that is a rabies vector that ingests the vaccine mm-hmm. is essentially you know uh, vaccinated for rabies. Okay. But uh, primarily we are targeting raccoons. Yeah. Um, so so that's one big thing. Uh, you know we work with feral swine. You know we work anywhere from you know livestock protection. You know going out. Um, whether you have, you know, you know, poultry, if you have, you know, sheep, goats, mm-hmm. uh, cattle, you know, horses, essentially any livestock, you know, as a farm that we can go out and kind of do some predator control there. And that yeah. generally consists of coyotes, Yeah, you know, so, and there's several different methods of, of, of dealing with the coyotes as well. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, like I said, it goes from that, you know, vo- black vulture trapping, you yeah. know, goose roundups to, 
um, you know, working on the airports and of course anything, you know, once you, you know, get on an airport, any side, anything inside the fence, we do our best to manage. A lot of it is non-lethal stuff, but, uh, yeah. you know, a lot of just deterrence, mm-hmm. harassment and whatnot, just to, you know, just to provide safe landing for them airplanes. Yeah. No, like I said, we've had some cool conversations over the years of just different stuff you've done. And that's why I kind of, and when I mentioned you a couple of weeks ago, so that's why I figured since I had you on, I'd, I'd let you give yeah. the two minute spiel about what you do. <laughs> well, uh, one of these days, uh, I, I'm, I'm sure hoping to get some phone calls, uh, to be able to load up my hounds and, yeah. and, uh, you know, go do some, I, I, you know, I don't know that I'll ever get the chance, uh, anytime in the near future, but even some black bear work, yeah. um, you know, that's, uh, you know, that's a species, you know, when our state is managed by the DNR, mm-hmm. you know, so the division of natural resources, they're the ones that kind of manage that. Gotcha. Um, but, uh, there's been a time or two where I was, you know, I was contacting and said, be on standby but unfortunately they took (laughs) care of it before i got the chance to um but yeah um some of them uh western uh usda guys uh i tell you they got them made there's some Mm -hmm. some guys that uh load up a horse trailer that have you know they've they've got living quarters they've got uh you know a section for their hounds and then they've got a section for horses and mules you know in the back and they go out in the back country completely you know off the grid you know living out (laughs) of that thing and uh you know no cell phone service and running, you know, whether it's bear or mountain lion, what have you, yep. you know, off uh, those big ranches out of, you know, out of the yep. bottom land from the livestock back up in the mountains. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't want to, you know, leave the wife and new baby, but uh, <laughs> one of those uh, opportunities sure would be hard for me to pass up. You have to time down, Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> well, he already asked about that. There was one in uh, Florida, I think, where you were, they were looking for someone to run Black Panthers and <laughs> Bobcats with their dogs. And he's like, you think I could go do that? I said, not right now. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, an opportunity otherwise. I yep. would have been glad to, to jump in there, load up some hounds, and, and go for it. Maybe one day. So anything else you guys want to talk about? Uh, well... Anything you want to talk about? Where can people find your uh, Facebook page? She's the Facebooker, Aaron. So you, you give them that. Um, Doves, Blues, Singing Hounds. It's our go. Facebook page. So everyone, if you will, if you actually like blue ticks, you know, I know my, my, my <laughs> if you actually I'm like just, blue ticks. No, I'm saying my audience is not a. <laughs> it's not a big blue tick audience. I, I think majority of the listeners, uh, I would say, probably. The largest portion are probably cur dog people. So, yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's I'll nof- say that they handle like cur dogs. You, like I said, you guys have good blue yep. ticks. I, I have been very surprised. Yep. Oh, and anybody can set you know set down and brag about what they have. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And everybody wants to. But uh, be honest with you, we are not naive to what is going on we're very realist you know and we look out and we see a dog doing something it shouldn't be doing we correct it yes you know and you know and if not you know we there's other ways of taking care of it but uh you know that's one thing that we strive to have is dogs that not one that we can live with but all of our dogs can live with each other you know if we go hunting with someone else that we're not going to have a problem you know and and to be able to have dogs that you know I'm telling you, sometimes these blue ticks, they can be quite hard-headed. And uh, I don't think they're dumb. I've seen them do things that really surprise me. So I do think they have something between their ears. But every once in a while, they can can get quite stubborn. And uh, (laughs) But to be able to put a handle on that and tone it back just enough that you're not not really taking anything from them, Mm -hmm. you're not really taking any hunting qualities, but to put a handle and – be able to call them off of a bear tree yeah. and get them to the truck, go down the road and put them on another bear track. And they're going to take it to another bear tree. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To be able to do that time in and time out makes a huge difference for us. And, you know, we're, you know, the I older can, you get, the more you enjoy the handle uh, on a dog, uh, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate it a lot more. Um, you know, and, you can tell your listeners, or I'll tell them. You know, I'm a, I'm a big old boy. You don't want to mess with me. But uh, you know, he's 140 pounds soaking wet. Uh, 
I don't know if I should say it. One thirty. <laughs> oh my. One thirty. I said soaking wet. I yeah. Mean, come on. Well, I was trying to. Well, uh, and and the wife is. Uh, You're trying to brag how big you are. I was trying yeah. to give you a couple pounds here. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, but uh, no, uh, you know, as small as I am, you know, I I do get out there, and I, you know, I've been out with eight hounds before. That's mm-hmm. a handful. Buddy, that's a handful, especially when you get there and a bear's antsy in a tree and trying to come out, Mm -hmm. you know, and you, uh, you're there by yourself and you look (laughs) around, there's no one else to grab dogs, no one else to help you to handle. Uh, you learn to put a handle on them. You learn that, uh, you know, in, in dire situations, you know, you need to have that control. You got to have, you know, um, the ability to to tone and call a dog you know just for its own safety um and to be able to to be able to manage that and that's something that you know we we decided we were going to do and Mm -hmm. uh you know neither one of us are very big and you know (laughs) you know we do have uh an 85 pound dog and an 82 pound dog and the rest of them are 70 and below but uh we're you know uh, i would say long term we're trying to size down just a little bit that yeah. that 80 pound mark is a little little bit much for mm-hmm. me and it's a little bit much for what i what i think they need to be yeah um so eventually we're, we're gonna we're, we're working on that and i think uh these uh these next uh puppies that we have coming up is going to make a big difference just yes. overall just yeah. just generally in what we have in our in our kennel and whatnot but uh no and i agree with you on the handle thing i, I remember a couple of years ago um rio was actually pretty young and he was he was maybe a year and a half old and we'd shot a coon out and i didn't have a game bag or anything so i had to carry the coon out well he just wouldn't leave it alone and the guy that was with me i kind of got on to him about it and the guy's like are you sure you want to get on to him I'm like it's a dead coon he needs to learn to leave it alone like i don't no i don't want to you know break my dog off of a coon but at the same point he needs to learn when it's like, done, when it's, it's done. done. Yep. Because like I've got to carry this thing, you know, you know, six or seven hundred yep. yards back to the truck. Yep. And I was like, <laughs> you know, so, I'm not going to sit here and fight with a dog. Pull, you know, yep. play tug of war all the way back to the truck. Exactly. Well, so I call that, you know, just as simple as an on and off switch. Yeah. You know, this you're you're doing your job. I expect you to do your job and do it now. But when we're done, I tell you, we're done. We're 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 going back to the truck. Mm-hmm. Turn it off. You know. Yeah. Turn it off. And just like uh, you know, in the kennel. You know, it's just something to have a, you know, a pacing, barky dog, you know, stamping through its, you know, its crap and everything else. Like, that's just a bit much. You know, I love drive. I want a dog that has drive. But I want a, I want a dog that, when you look out in the kennel, they could be laying on their box, in their box, out in front of their box. You know, they can, you know, just be a very sensible and reasonable dog. Mm-hmm. But when it's time to go, buddy, they're going, you know, and you know, you look at them, if you come to the house on a, any given day, they're typically just laying around, just yeah. just your typical lazy old hound dog, mm-hmm. you know, and then um, when it's time to go, buddy, when I, they hear, they can hear me off the charging table in here, they can hear me grab <laughs> the collars in the house, and I'm telling you, they can hear them, th- those buckles jingle, yep. and I'm telling you, the entire kennel comes alive. Yes, it does. And it's unbelievable to watch them. It also comes alive at 3 a.m. when that stupid <laughs> bear walks behind your kennel, too. <laughs> yeah. There's one. Yep. You know. There's always one that just stays around and it's just like runs on knows. that ridge. Yeah. Yep. Well, Trust I was. I, I know it happens because I'm sure you guys obviously know. Yep. So, but. so I was actually away for work, um, and mm. it was it was overnight, and uh, so I'm, you know, I, it's it's kind of sensitive work, you know. What I mean, mm-hmm. I need to be quiet, you know. I'm I'm out, like I said, performing duties, and uh, next thing you know, Aaron calls me, so I'm over there. Hello, and she's like, "Hey, what you you need to do something? These dogs won't shut up." I'm like. Aaron, I'm three hours away. There, what do you want me to do? She said, I, I don't know. There's, there has to be a bear, you know, and uh, apparently a bear had came just cruising behind the house and cruised up over that ridge and didn't know the dogs were there. And they... I think it, what had happened, it went right behind the kennels and... Then it went up a tree behind the kennels, I'm pretty sure, <laughs> for a while because it heard them and was surprised. Yeah. I don't think it was from the area. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it stayed there for a while, <laughs> which was real fun for us and all the neighbors, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, the neighbors just love us. <laughs> I'm sure they, they do. They just love hound dogs. <laughs> uh, surprisingly, actually, I really don't get any complaints. You know, I've asked the neighbors, and they're like, "Oh, they really don't bother us." And I'm like, 
you liar, <laughs> you know, but, uh, they they only get fired. Up. Like, like I said, yeah. you know, three, four o'clock in the morning when I go to load up to go hunting. Yeah. They're, they're pretty excited, you yeah. know, but the rest of the time, honestly, uh, they're just extremely easy to live with, mm-hmm. just easy to manage. And, you know, I can, you know, tell each one of them, you know, to come sit and I can put the collar on them. You know what I mean? I can let them all run. We got a, you know, the kennel, the kennel setup, of course you've seen, but, uh, you know, have it set up on the bench and then a fence all the way around it. So can open up all the kennels, let them run, play, exercise, um, socialize with one another. And it's really nice to see an entire kennel of dogs that I can take a hot dog, you know, out there's nine hounds. I can throw a hot dog in the middle of all of them. The one that gets it is the one that got it. The rest mm-hmm. of them just look around like, where's mine? Not a yeah. growl, no, you know, no scrap, no BS. You know, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, they're bred to do their job. They're, you know, and, and I do believe genetics plays a, a, a significant role in it, but yeah. also believe that what you do with them, you know, and go going back to, you know, Aaron and everything she did with them from the puppy development stages, yeah. you know, and just really just getting them out of their element, doing stress tests, you know, just, mm-hmm. just doing this and that and a little bit of everything from that age up and any, you know, behavior that is unacceptable to you, correct it when you see it, you know, yeah. don't, don't think that all oh, that's a, you know, it's a puppy being a puppy. If it growls yeah. as, as a puppy, it's going to growl as an adult. Yeah. You know, if they're going to growl over food, they might growl over a tree, mm-hmm. you know, they might growl over a kill, you know, and then, you know, for us, you know, that's just something we can't tolerate because, you know, like I mentioned earlier, there's times where it might be six hours, you know, yeah. and that's, that's rare, you know, mm-hmm. usually it does not take that long for us to get to a tree, but sometimes our, our terrain and, you know, our, you know, just, just, um, access to the it. access to what we have, you know, yeah. that's, that's something that we have to live with here. But uh, to be able to, like I said, have dogs that they can live with each other, they can run with each other, they mm-hmm. can, I could put them in the same kennel and feed them together. You know yeah. what I mean? And to be able to do all that, put a handle on them and just, you know, figure out what you want in a kennel on dogs, figure out what makes you happy. And at the end of the day, like I said, I don't think it matters what color the dog is, what breed the dog is. Mm-hmm. If you like it, it pleases you. That's what you need to have at your house. You know, yeah. we got what we got and we, we kind of fell in love with what we have and we're looking to, you know, we like what we have, but we think we can make it better. Yeah. And if we can, we will. That's awesome. And I think you guys will. That's for sure. I've, I've been very impressed with the progression of your breeding program over the time I've known you guys. I know when, when I first met you, obviously, like you said, you were basically just getting back into bear hunting and you kind of had to start from scratch and to watch from scratch to what you have now and the progression it's it's been very impressive and you're not afraid to call dogs and and not you know you, you call dogs out and it was funny me and bradley were hunting together one time and we were joking we're like we're hunting chris's coals because every dog in that box except for one <laughs> had been here yeah. at some point yep. and it's not that you're they just don't suit you and yep. some of it's just behavioral things like yep. Um, you know, like Cannon, she just was a barker, you yep. know, well then she was also the wrong color, but <laughs> that, that too, but, but that, you weren't, you weren't set on blues that quite as hard that point. Yep. Yep. I, you know, I, like I said, uh, I, I did have a few plot dogs and I actually yeah. really liked them. Um, there was a few quirky things I didn't like. Um, you know, like I said, there's just few behavioral issues that mm-hmm. just didn't suit me. And, you know, and, and again, you know, when I get you know, if I if I move a dog, sell a dog, you know, um, doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad dog. It just yeah. doesn't suit exactly what I want. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, when I when I evaluate a dog, uh, well, when I and Aaron evaluate a dog, because mm-hmm. I value her input just yeah. the same, you know, as mine or anybody else's. And I, I honestly, I value her input a lot more than uh than i do most folks and uh you know so when we evaluate a dog it's it's a it's a pretty big checklist yeah you know what i mean and when i say from the ground up i really do mean that you yeah know, we look at everything and if it's not right you know and and it's gotten down to where i didn't like the mouth of a dog mm-hmm. you know i didn't like a dog you know that did one thing or another and and i would i would move them and and i've had people that straight up told me that uh you're crazy why yeah. did you get rid of this dog you know and and i come i can come up with a reason you know it's <laughs> yeah. not hard for me to come up with a reason but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a good reason and people mm-hmm. might not 
see it the same way I do. But, yeah. you know, like I said, it's it's all about what you have. Um, you know, in I think any it's ad- also about what works with your pack. I mean, you have a unit of dogs that oh. have to work together, and if there's one that's just not meshing well with it, yeah, then Rage it is a prime example of that. Really, Rage and her, thing. you know, by herself oh. was a great dog, but she just didn't fit well with your pack. Yep, yep. you're so. exactly right. Um, you know, and any advice that I can give to anybody is, you know, whatever breed of dog you go with, you know, do your best. If you're, you know, if you're not a breeder, you know what I mean? Always, you know, you always have that option of spay and neuter, but, you know, don't, you know, not, you know, trying to, you know, push that on anyone. But if you're going to pick a dog and you want to breed it, please do your homework, you know, do the very best you can to, if you make a cross to better that line to yeah. better that breed mm-hmm. you know don't just you know make a cross um just because it's available you know yeah. it's in your backyard it's here it's there you know if you can do it you know by all means we need to keep it going we need to keep these lines and keep dogs going we need to keep you know keep hounds in the woods um well curs in the woods as well <laughs> but uh we really need to get some youth out there you yeah. know and it's you know it's all right now what we can do at this stage in our lives is uh you know to to involve as many youth as we can into and to better the breeding of these hounds and dogs and curs and Mm -hmm. whatever else um you know just to make what we have more successful down the road you know and you know and even you know not to get political about it or anything but even getting people involved your local chapters you know try to get people involved you know and uh not just your local but state you know and 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 see what's going on out there because there's a lot of folk you know trying to trying to you know push back on what we're doing and try to suppress it and and seeing that more and more and more but uh if at all possible just try to get involved in things you know just get out there enjoy what you're doing it's all about Man, it's all about, I'm telling you, like I said, I, man, it gets me excited just to think that, you know, I, I'm going to load the hounds up. I'm going to go out and it doesn't matter if I tree a bear or not necessarily, but mm-hmm. just to be able to go out and have the privilege and the freedom to do that just yep. excites me and, uh, get to look out and see them puppies running around today in the yard. <laughs> and it's always fun. You know, I got an old tan bobcat hide and, uh, throw that out in the yard and watch them you know all of them just grab it from all ends yeah, yeah. you know i look at that and that's what i see as my future there mm-hmm. you know and and then look at this uh old baby bump aaron's got here <laughs> i'm telling you uh i feel like i'm a lucky man and can't can't wait to see what the future holds you definitely are so well i appreciate you guys sitting down with me tonight and also opening up your house and letting me crash here once again <laughs> yeah you you know it you're always welcome <laughs> i appreciate it so Thank you. Oh, no, thank you very much. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Tree Talking Media. And until next time, keep them talking in the timber. <laughs>